Picture this. You fly into a city you've never visited before. You're taken to a hotel and brought to a boardroom filled with whiteboards, snacks, and a bunch of people. You look around and you find you're surrounded by familiar faces. But you've never met these people before. Wait a second. These are your colleagues, and that's your boss. But they're not in tiny boxes on your computer screen. They're here, in real life. Is this a dream? No. This is an Offsite. Welcome to WorkCheck, an original podcast from Atlassian, makers of teamwork software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello. I'm your host, Christine De La Rosa. On this show, we take workplace practices and separate the hype from the helpful. In each episode, two Atlassians debate how the practice should be applied. In today's episode, we tackle the offsite. The central question for our debate, are in-person offsites essential for distributed teams? Let's meet this week's debaters. We have Marshall Walker-Lee, strongly in favor. Who's ready for a trust fall? <laughs> and Shannon Winter, arguing against. If I can't do it in my PJs, I'm out. You can trust fall in your PJs. <laughs> There's no dress code for trust falls. <laughs> but before we get into the debate, Let's do a little offsite 101. Offsites, sometimes called company retreats, are events where your team gathers away from your usual work environments to focus as a team. They can range from one day to one week, and they can look radically different from one company to the next. Some offsites might gather the team in a hotel ballroom for a catered lunch and some breakouts, while others are more adventurous like getting the team working together deep in the wilderness on an outdoor adventure. But while the practicalities vary, they usually have some goals in common. They get the whole team together for deep work outside of their usual routine. Attendees think big picture about the direction of their company, and perhaps most importantly, team bonding. Now debaters the rules. You each get three rounds to make your case, for or against. Now I want a good, clean debate. No low blows and keep it snappy. Shannon, Marshall, tell me. Are in-person offsites essential for distributed teams? Round one. Shannon, you start us off. Thanks. Excited to kick this one off. I'm going to start with a point that's pretty hard to argue with. In-person offsites are expensive. Can be. Mm, I'm tempted to argue with it, but I'll let that one slide. Now, expensive isn't always a bad thing, but for so many companies, the offsite is really just a legacy practice, a big line item on the budget year after year without stopping to question the benefits. But don't just take it from me. I want you to meet Anne Thornley Brown. She's a team-building facilitator who helps companies all over the world plan their offsites. And she says that a lot of company offsites are a real waste of money. Many times, companies don't set goals. I have so many companies call me and when they say, what are your goals and objectives? It's like, I don't know. They haven't even thought about it. In other words, it's just something they do quarterly or annually as a ritual, I suppose, without really thinking about why do we need to do this? I cannot believe there are offsites that don't have goals. Scary, right? 
Yep. It's a lot of money. Hard on the bank account. And if you'll let me expand on this idea, a tax on the environment. Okay, you're going there, huh? But think about it. So many companies want to be more sustainable, many even aiming to be carbon neutral or carbon zero. Yeah. But flying in team members from all over the globe doesn't help that cause. As I said, they're a legacy practice. So are pricey, polluting trips that don't move business goals forward really what we want our legacy to be? Mm, Great question that companies should all be wrestling with. Marshall, you're up. All right. Pricey, polluting trips that don't move business goals forward. (laughs) There's a lot to dig into here. Uh, So let's start with that environmental point. I absolutely agree that companies should be concerned about the environment and committed to stewardship. But I'm not so sure that flying a couple of people to an offsite is where most companies can uh, make that marginal difference in their environmental impact. If companies are looking to go carbon neutral or make other commitments, I think they have more meaningful tools at their disposal. That's fair. But to get to the meat of your argument that offsites are a waste of money, you have to admit you're describing pretty poorly planned offsites. And I totally agree with you. Terrible offsites are terrible, and they are a waste of money. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But I'm not here to defend terrible offsites. I'm just here to defend the possibility of really great offsites. And I think that when people actually set goals and plan appropriately, then in-person offsites can facilitate the kind of deep collaborative work that's so hard to pull off in a remote environment. And that deep work can pay dividends. Meet Mikhail Cho, the CEO of Unsplash, one of the world's leading stock photography companies. And I think these retreats, they give you that bit of focus, almost like a forced deadline on yourself. No one's on Slack. We're barely checking email. There's just a lot of depth and focus on one or two things. Now, Mikhail is a big fan of offsites, and for a good reason. The two companies that he started, Unsplash and Crew before it, were both born at in-person retreats. And he sold those two companies to Getty and Dribbble, respectively. Not too shabby. Whoa. Yeah, so, Shannon, these outings can be expensive. You're right about that. But a well-planned offsite that results in a multi-million dollar business idea, I think that's a great investment. Pound for pound, like if you took this money and said, you could spend this on anything to accomplish those same objectives as the retreat, would you still spend it on the retreat? And yes, we would 100% keep doing these retreats. There you have it. Offsites are big bets. But when you have diligent planners and thoughtful leadership, big bets can pay off. When we meet face-to-face and we carve out larger blocks of time to connect and brainstorm as a team, we create the conditions that allow big, ambitious ideas to emerge. That's the beauty of an offsite. So, Shannon, Christine, just imagine what the three of us could accomplish if we spent a few days on retreat. Maui? Maui? You've got my planner brain going already. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's hold off on any offsite plans until the debate's over. Right. So, this round boils down to... Are in-person retreats worth their big spend? I agree. They can be expensive. But the cost, time, and resources put into offsites adds gravity, where the investment makes the team, you know, invest. As for the winner, plot twist, this round goes to no one. What? Can we get an external audit? (laughs) Listen, I'm calling that a wash because... Both of your arguments made sense. 
In-person offsites can be worth the investment for some companies, but if you're not setting goals, proper goals, that's definitely a waste of time. So, tie. Okay. To start off round two, Marshall, you have the floor. All right. Well, uh, that tie really got my competitive juices flowing. So uh, round two. All right. Here we go. Christine, if you don't mind, I'm going to get personal for just a moment. Love it. Uh Uh-oh. Now, let's say, uh, hypothetically, you meet someone online. Sounds real. (laughs) Okay. You you text, you email, you Zoom. Uh Uh-huh. Go on. And the two of you are in contact pretty much every day. You're sharing information. You're making plans. Okay, sounds less real, but keep going. (laughs) (laughs) But you never meet in person. Now, would you feel like you really knew this individual? Would you be able to fully trust them? Would you feel like you had a real relationship? Well, uh, <laughs> in the in the COVID era, this is the reality for millions of workers, myself included. I have never met my team at Atlassian. And even though I think they're brilliant and thoughtful and fun, something's missing in the relationship. So let's set aside the business outcomes for a couple of minutes and get down to the, the squishy stuff. It's time to talk about bonding. Great. There's a growing body of research that shows that Zoom and other communications platforms actually negatively impact trust and attachment and our ability to clearly communicate. And for distributed teams, that's really bad news. Mm -hmm. Just remember, it's literally impossible to make eye contact on Zoom. When I look at you, I'm not looking at the camera, which is where your eye... It's complicated, right? (laughs) And to get into all of this a little more deeply, I want to introduce Charlie Marie Prangley. She's a creative director at ConvertKit. Now, they're a company that makes email marketing software for creators, and her company is fully remote. I think remote work, to be successful, you really need to have trust in your teammates. And it's really hard to build trust in a completely virtual digital setting. Charlie's team does two offsites every year. They spend four full days brainstorming, strategizing, problem solving, whatever. But most importantly, they're building their relationships. I would say the thing I look forward to most is just spending time with the people that I, you know, spend a lot of digital time with on a day-to-day basis. And so I walk away from retreats with that sense of connection and that sense of trust renewed, which makes it easier to deal with difficult situations that come up at work, right? My point here really is that there is no substitute for that trust and connection that you can only build in person. You need that that context to make the remote and hybrid approach work well for most teams. Fully agree, Marshall. Quick story. When I was in my first job, I worked with a colleague remotely who sent these really gruff emails. Uh-oh. And I was convinced he hated me. <laughs> but when we finally had an offsite together, I realized... That's just how he talked. (laughs) So yeah, having a sense of someone's personality and feeling connected to them can be hard to generate without the body language that comes with seeing each other in person. Mm -hmm. Shannon, do you have a rebuttal? You know, I actually totally agree that having good relationships and good rapport with your team is crucial. Okay, and? And I'm all for team building. But for me, trust is built over time, not just by being in proximity to people over a couple of days. Most of what gets called team building doesn't actually build teams in an authentic way. Plus, mandatory fun is not fun. Hear, hear. Mm -hmm. 
I want to bring back my guest, Anne, who you met earlier. I have been finding a lot of companies, you know, they were doing things like axe throwing or even goat yoga and calling it team building. That's not team building. It's a social activities gathering. Yeah, a little ridiculous, right? Yes. Yes. But I'm telling you, this is what loads of companies are doing with their retreats. In fact, Anne saw so many bad examples of this, it inspired her to start the hashtag bad team building. (laughs) (laughs) Inspired by a particularly weird exercise she came across. They would put sheepskin around the back of the team members who were going to be sheep. And then other team members would be shepherds. And those playing shepherds had to herd the team members playing sheep into an area that was a pen. So I shared that on Twitter. And somebody, was one of my colleagues, he said, I think this is a very bad idea. (laughs) And that's how the bad team building hashtag got born. Uh, okay, I don't know how we got here, but I am defending neither sheep nor goats. I mean, I'll admit, it's an extremely absurd example, but it illustrates a real problem with offsites. Companies using the time to force their teams into bizarre, silly, or even embarrassing activities in the name of team building. Okay, I'll come clean. I've coordinated paintballing with teams before. Yes. Yet another example. Oh, but look, I had a great time. Definitely a stress reliever, (laughs) though maybe not for those on the receiving end of my stress. But to your point, it didn't necessarily contribute to my team feeling more together. Some of us maybe, but not everyone. Exactly. And remember, we're talking about hybrid or remote teams here. A lot of people sign up for hybrid or remote work for a reason. Requiring them to join an offsite could be disruptive in a bad way. To get real for a second. Think about what offsites mean for parents or caretakers with strict schedules, people with disabilities, or even just different personality types. When you think about team building and fostering trust, one size definitely does not fit all. Mm. And when companies plan activities without all of these various needs in mind, they're distracting at best and at worst can really make people feel less included in the group. Yeah, I relate to this point so so much. Actually, I have another story. On my first day of work at a previous job, I attended the company's annual retreat. On your first day? First day. Wow. Some people thought, it's going to pump me up. It's going to be a great introduction to company culture. And let me tell you, they were mistaken. Uh, yeah. I entered a room where the aisle was lined with staff in uniform who high-fived you until you got to a seat. Whoa. Whoa. I actually thought I was in the wrong place, apologized, and then was horrified to learn that I was, in fact, at the right company and was joining in on the events that would be like this for three whole days. I'm an introvert, so for me, this is way too much in-person time, and I ended up having a panic attack. Hmm. Not the best welcome experience. Luckily, though, the company redeemed itself when I started working from the office, and surprise, surprise, I ended up appreciating those annual retreats. And so, bringing up my past trauma ends round two with a question. Are offsites essential to build trust or a sorry excuse for morale boosting that can go really, really wrong? Marshall, I believe in your points totally logical, but Shannon, you hit me with that last one. So, 
This round goes to you, the con side. Woo! Not to disagree with your ruling, Christine, although I want to be clear, I do disagree with your ruling, but I, I do want to add something. If an offside ends with people feeling excluded, that's a failure, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. But that said, inclusivity cuts both ways. Not everybody is capable of thriving in a fully remote workplace. In particular, extroverts and kinesthetic learners, those people who need physical interactions to learn and grow, they might feel alienated by the virtual culture of Zoom and Slack and all these other tools that we use every day. And Shannon's right that one size doesn't fit all. But we don't solve that problem by creating a different one-size solution that forces everyone to work virtually all the time. Also true. Marshall, I'm not going to go back on that round's ruling, but I would like to award you with 12 Christine points. Ooh. What? What are they, what are they redeemable for? <laughs> um, a- admiration and respect. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. All right. Final round. Shannon, bring us home on why remote teams don't need the in-person offsite. All right. So we're arguing today whether the in-person aspect is essential. Correct. And during COVID, many companies have had really successful remote offsites. Mm. Here's an example. My friend Leah Ryder, who works on one of our products, Trello, she was actually working remotely even before the pandemic and has always been a huge fan of Trello's annual in-person offsite, which they call Trello Together. They obviously couldn't meet in person this past year, but they still had a super amazing virtual Trello Together offsite. Oh, cool. And they took it to the next level with virtual reality headsets. They even designed their own New York office in the VR world to host everyone. What? Fancy. I know. I felt the same emotions that I would have felt walking into the real Trello together and feeling like, okay, I'm here with a big crowd of people. So that was really interesting to me. Felt like, okay, we're in this together. We're innovating on what remote work can be. We're trying something new. And that really was exciting for the team. And I think made it such a success. Leah was surprised to learn that so much could translate virtually from meeting new colleagues to culture building, and even letting off some steam and having fun in VR games. They even had a VR mini golf tournament. Ooh, up my alley. (laughs) And the in-person aspect of previous offsites? Overall, I think we proved that it's not necessary. And if you're a company that has significant hurdles to overcome for uniting a global workforce, that technology has arrived to bridge that gap in a much more successful way than in the past. In closing, you don't necessarily need to be in person to achieve the same goals as in-person offsites. Listen, I'll be real. VR sometimes freaks me out because, I don't know, it's too lifelike (laughs) sometimes. But if it's the right design, there's so much potential there for sure. That said... I'm not sure how accessible that VR retreat is for all companies. Or maybe I'm just jealous. Marshall, what's your last thought? I'm glad you brought up Trello. I also heard that their virtual offsite was a huge success under the circumstances. And that's great. But like Christine said, not every company can pull off a fully virtual VR retreat in the way that Trello can. And I bet that if you surveyed all the companies that ran virtual retreats last year during COVID, the vast majority of them would tell you that they are super excited to return to IRL ASAP. And that's for one simple reason. You really can't get big picture alignment through a screen. 
you need to get people together in person to develop cohesion across a big team or a company. And that's definitely true for Charlie, the CD at ConvertKit. I think virtual retreats have been better than nothing because it does still give us this stopping point to think future focused and, and think about strategy. But it is absolutely not the same as in person, unfortunately. There's something that you just can't capture in a virtual retreat that you get in person. And she said that the in-person aspect was the essential thing that allowed her to feel connected to the big picture. I feel really connected to our mission because of the time that I've got to spend in strategy meetings in person. And there's like, there's something different about being in a room with even up to like 50 people, you know, everyone sharing ideas or bouncing off each other versus being on a Zoom call. People are more likely to be quiet if it's a, a call that's that big. And so, yeah, there's just that energy that you get from being in person that has helped me feel more connected and more involved in the work that I do here. This is a chance to get to know your team as people, real people, not just coworkers. This is your chance to get inspired about not only why you do what you do every day, but who you do it with and to get aligned on the direction of your company. It's important. And Mikhail had the same feeling as the leader of his company. He gets that big bird's eye view of everything operational pretty much all the time. But without the offsite, a lot of the members of his teams aren't getting that context. I wish I sometimes could take my brain and the inputs that I get from everything, right? I, I just see emails and I see messages that not everyone on our team does. And they give me another layer of context and they build up over time. And that's a big thing for these retreats is I feel that sometimes I share that, but then I realize I'm still not sharing enough. So for leaders... Offsites are a chance, maybe the best chance, to share their vision and put the company's direction in context. And for the team, it's a way to bond. It's a way to build trust and build relationships and maybe even get some deep work done. And these are things that are just hard to do through a screen. Hey, I believe you. I mean, I'm living this too. Marshall, thank you for closing out round three. Y'all make my job hard, but for me... That round goes to Marshall. Yes. Wait, so we're all tied up. Mm-hmm. The anticipation. Okay. On the overall debate question, are in-person offsites essential for distributed teams? Drumroll, please. The winner is Shannon on the con side. Oh, yeah. Thank oh. you. <laughs> Marshall, you've proved that offsites can be hugely beneficial for certain hybrid and remote teams. But I believe that there are other ways to connect and invest in deep work remotely. And it doesn't always have to take VR. Though I could take you on in the mini golf tournament. I'm going to give you both so many high fives when we're in person. <laughs> so for those who want to run offsites for their hybrid or remote teams, here's what I'd consider. Plan, plan, and plan some more. And I don't mean the fancy location, the games, or the lunch menu. I mean plan your agenda how are you going to use this time to get real deep work done that will make a lasting impact on your company? And team building is great, but don't forget to think about who your staff are and what makes them comfortable. You might even consider asking them. All right, that's it for our episode on offsites. Thank you, Shannon and Marshall, for your excellent arguments. See you soon. Thanks, everybody. For the transcript or summary points on this episode, visit worklife at Atlassian.com slash blog. Until next time, 
I'm Christine De La Rosa, and this is Work Check, an original podcast from Atlassian. <laughs> 